This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PDT. Episode 67, what is coming with the next release of ANSYS Discovery, with updates on news and events in the ANSYS world. Welcome to July. If you're a longtime listener of our podcast, you know that this is the month where I start mentioning how hot it is here in Phoenix, Arizona. This whole week's been over 110 degrees. I think 112 was the peak. Uh, and uh, that's just the way it is, but we still complain about it because you know we choose to live here, but uh, that's, that's, that's the price we pay for incredible rest of the year. So um, the other reason why you may be hearing about Phoenix in the news besides our record high temperatures is because... Um, We've really become, if not a, then the hotspot for COVID-19 in the country right now, if not in the world. Um, I just want to let everybody know that PDT staff and family are all safe. Uh, we've been following the guidelines and using common sense, and so far none of our employees have caught the disease. We continue to mostly work from home uh, and follow strict rules at the office. Our first half of the year, uh, from a business standpoint, was actually pretty good. I want to I want to th- actually take this opportunity to those of you that are customers to really thank you for whatever you do with PADT for trusting us through all of this. Um, it, it's been um, it's been great to see the loyalty and and to be able to help people. Um, there's there's not a lot of positives to this whole thing, but that's one of them. Uh, the podcast itself is doing well too. We've had 66 fun and fact-filled episodes and over 20,000 downloads. And I want to thank everyone who has been a longtime listener and to those who are new, uh, welcome. Please remember to subscribe. Um, whatever platform you use to get the podcast, go ahead and sign up and subscribe. And if there's a way to rate us, please rate us. It really helps get the word out there and show up higher on searches. So let's get right to it. Our interview today, uh, we're going to talk about one of our favorite new products here at PDT. It's ANSYS Discovery. Um, we, we really like acquired tools. And we like talking about the tools that ANSYS acquired. But what's kind of cool about Discovery is it's 100% homegrown. And it's a great example of getting the best minds from the various acquisitions, a core team of developers that have been with ANSYS for a very long time, working on the original multi-physics solver, what we now call APDL, and some new blood uh, to develop something that is a game changer. And, and, and what's really great about this interview is we have the best person on that team to talk about it, Justin Henderson. Uh, he'll share his real title in the interview, but I always refer to him as the Discovery Evangelist. So let's learn what's coming at 2020 R2 with the Discovery products. Welcome to today's discussion. Uh, we're very, very excited to talk about one of our favorite tools at PADT and what's new and exciting about it at 2020 R2 with John, Justin Hendrickson. And he is actually the person that introduced me to the whole family of Discovery products, um, which we will talk about as we go here. But uh, he was very patient with me as I changed my point of view uh, from a, as a crusty simulation engineer to understanding what these products really do from a value standpoint. So um, I appreciate to continue that discussion, Justin. Thank you, Eric. I still remember giving you that initial demo before we released. <laughs> Me scratching my head a lot. What? I kind of get it. Keep going. Innovation uh, sometimes creates a little bit of confusion. <laughs> it's a good thing. A, a little bit of fear. A good innovation creates a little bit of fear too, maybe. <laughs> so um, where do I fit in all this? But um, we're here to talk about 
the discovery platform at ANSYS, ANSYS Discovery, um, which is which is a bigger than um, maybe people get their head around. And um, what's there's there's some new stuff. Is an all new uh, release coming out at 2020 R2. So, but let's start off, Justin. Why don't you tell us, tell our listeners, you know, who you are, what your role is at ANSYS, um, where you're uh, uh, attending this uh, discussion from, and uh, also, you know, how you ended up in the world of simulation. Cool. I'd love to. Thanks, Eric. Uh, I, you know, am responsible and lead the product management team for our design business unit at ANSYS. This is a group really focused on bringing simulation and making simulation accessible to a wider audience of user so that they can benefit from all of the amazing value the simulation has to offer. Mm-hmm. Now, the question of how did I end up here, right? Spending all my days and times working on simulation is, is an interesting one. I'll give you the short but slightly longer answer. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up, you know, in a, a more rural suburb of Massachusetts. So I'm calling mm-hmm. in from Wayland, Massachusetts. Uh, and my dad was an engineer and I grew up on a four acre property and I was taught by my dad to do a lot of stuff with my hands. We built stuff, mm-hmm. we tinkered with stuff, right? But at nights, I loved computers, right? I, I would build my own computers and that's what I would do. So when I eventually went to school, right, I studied mechanical engineering. No surprise, right? I have dad who influenced me to use my hands on and build stuff, but I like computers at the same time. So when I graduated with various mechanical engineering degrees, you know, uh, I joined a startup called Space Claim, right, when they were very small. And the goal of that startup was to create a next generation of 3D modeling or CAD software, right? How can we do it different? How can we do it better? And for a guy who likes both computers, right, and mechanical engineering, that's not bad. It's software yeah, for mechanical engineers. So that was a perfect fit for me. That's how I entered the software world. And the story of what we did at Space Claim, trying to revolutionize and how we can do something different by, by making different assumptions, is one that for my career has just played out over and over Mm -hmm. and over, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We we put a lot of great work into Space Claim, and we eventually ended up being acquired by ANSYS. That's how I became, you know, part of the awesome, happy ANSYS family. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were acquired mainly because, you know, the unique modeling approach that Space Claim provide is a really, really good fit with simulation. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, it's it's great. And, and, And we've said this on the podcast before when we talk about Space Claim and what's come after the acquisition, that may end up being one of the more valuable technical acquisitions they've ever made because of the people and the technology. It it it, it wasn't it wasn't a slight variation on what we already had. It was like this new uh, blood came coursing through our body. Body uh, Thank you. Of course, yeah. it makes me smile to hear you say that, right? <laughs> but I think another way of saying it is, it's not a point solution, right? That's yeah, very different. Yeah, but yeah. and it feeds into what we're doing with discovery. With discovery and, and so many other things, I mean, even on the additive manufacturing side, it's been a it's been a game changer um, for what we've been able to do there. So, but anyway, I, you know, I, I think most of our listeners have been exposed to the Ansys Discovery uh, product family. But um, as a reminder for those that don't, uh, before we get into the detail, of what's new in this release? Can you just kind of give that high level overview of what is Ansys Discovery? Yeah, I'd love to. So about two and a half years ago, we launched a brand new product at ANSYS called ANSYS Discovery Live. Um, We chose that name for a number of reasons. Um, One was that we're focused on 3D design and taking a new approach at how we do simulation. You know, at ANSYS, we have a lot of deep expertise Mm -hmm. in how to write physics solvers, right? How to simulate things. We have all this expertise and all this knowledge. And one of the things you get out of that is you think about ways in which you could do it better, 
Mm-hmm. And you combine that with changing technology trends. And one of the changing technology trends we saw at Ansys was the emergence of GPUs, right? Graphical right. processing units as a source of a heck of a lot of compute power. Mm-hmm. And so people much smarter than me and Ansys said, you know, mm-hmm. could how could we look at how simulation would benefit from taking advantage of that hardware? And how could we apply it to a problem? So one of the other things we've, we've seen at Ansys is we author these really awesome codes, but we still think they're not used enough. Right. We, we, yeah. you know, Ansys may be, you know, a pretty successful company, but man, there are a heck of a lot of more people who we think could benefit from using simulation. And why is it that they're not using it? And if we look at it, we think, you know, sometimes it's that, you know, it takes a lot of technical knowledge and training to use our products. And so people, you know, tend to focus and specialize on them. And so could we mm-hmm. combine all these things together? The changes in technology to have more compute power, fresh new approaches from what we've learned, and a target of you know making simulation easier to use. And could we do it different? And that's where Discovery Live came from, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. wrote different approaches from the ground up to simulate a broad set of physics, so thermal fluids and structural physics, mm-hmm. very very quickly. And that's partly thanks to the GPU approach. So when we launched Discovery Live two and a half years ago, for the first time ever, we had a simulation app at Ansys. They can mm-hmm. simulate all those types of things. Instantly, that's why we call it real-time simulation. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you could do it very robustly. So you put it in a model, you will always get an answer. That's an amazing thing, right? To people mm-hmm. who actually use simulations. You talk to the engineers that graduate from school now and they expect things to work that right. way. What do you mean <laughs> it doesn't work that way? So so there's certainly that. But the last thing we did, which is really cool, um, and it's why I've been excited to be a part of the project, is we we tied in all the space claim modeling. And why is that important? Well, if we can deliver, you know, really instant physics, right, quick, quick, quick simulation, what's the very next thing you do after that fast result? You think, what can I change? What did I learn from what I just saw? And so space claim is that engine of change, right? It allows you to manipulate geometry very easily from any source. And I think really it's the combination of these things that was special. Yeah. Yeah, and I totally agree with that. And I and, and I had been involved in some of the earlier attempts to create a designer focused uh, version of Ansys tools, especially on the mechanical side, and a little bit on the CFD side. And, and and our approach, which ultimately was wrong, was let's just simplify the interface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put a new GUI on top of it that is simplified. It's I think you guys learned and showed that it's much deeper than that. You have to design it from the ground up for that audience. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Right. Yeah. You have to understand that I, I think, you know, I, I personally am a big fan of user interface science, a lot of what I worked on from the space claim side, right? <laughs> it, and and providing something that changes, you know, usability for a customer is not just about styling, right, and trimming right. down. It's about looking at the technology itself and it's a combination of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. If we just give them a simplified uh, set of buttons. More tooltips. That will yeah, solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, more tooltips will solve the problem. Yeah, yeah we, we proved pretty pretty well in like three or four products that doesn't doesn't work. <laughs> so, but I learned Tickle TK really well, don't it? Uh, <laughs> But uh, so so let's talk about you know coming up really soon. Uh, I think mid July, right, is twenty twenty R two, and uh, you're touting it as an all new version of the Ansys Discovery product, our uh, product family. What 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 is? Tell us about what's coming out. 
Uh, this is right. Thank you. Uh, the When we launched Discovery Live two and a half years ago, we think mm-hmm. it was pretty impactful. We got a heck of a mm-hmm. lot of attention. Um, but we're about to release a next generation of the Discovery application. And we think this change is equally as exciting and as impactful as that original Discovery launch. So, so I'd love to tell you more about it. Um, it's something that we've been working on for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and the name of this new project as we launching it will just be ANSYS Discovery. Okay. So the first fun tidbit is it's actually something we've been planning, right, for a long mm-hmm. time. Discovery Live, you might have noticed we changed mm-hmm. the name of Space Claim to Discovery Space Claim, right? Mm-hmm. So it's actually a plan with the things. So that's your fun fact, right, for the podcast. Yeah, we but we'll be launching ANSYS Discovery, and it will be one application. Um, what is amazing about this new application is it takes all the goodness of Discovery Live, instant physics, all the space claim modeling, right? But it brings in a lot of other really valuable things we have at ANSYS. It brings in the ANSYS Mechanical Solver, MAPDL. It brings in ANSYS Fluent Solver, right? So that within this one application, this one environment, okay, a designer can go from geometry modeling to instant high-speed exploration to Mm -hmm. higher fidelity, you know, build Mm -hmm. confidence, deeper exploration of your model, right? I I don't know any, you know, other uh, vendor out there who offers something like this, right? Where you can do so many different things. Mm -hmm. And and the other point I want to make it, see if it resonates with you is, Mm -hmm. you know, what we learned, like we learn all the time. So we learned from Discovery Live, we put a product out there, right? We learn things. Um, But one of the major things we learned was, you know, when you're early in the design process, great, fast, flexible, instant simulation is wonderful, but it doesn't encompass everything an engineer needs to do, right? When you're refining and you've picked a design, you need to have confidence, right, in that before you submit to the additional cost of, you know, physical testing or you know, maybe throw it over the wall, right, for an analyst to study and certify, right. you know, you need to have confidence. And the instant simulation alone, at least not today, doesn't give you enough of that. But ANSYS, we have some of the best technology in the world, right, to give you that confidence. Mm-hmm. It's been proven and tested. And so in this new discovery app, we're pulling all those things together so that at different stages of your design process, maybe depending on use case, what you need, you can get your job done. So one tool to get your job done. This That excites me so much and is so uh, timely. So I we did had a design review Monday on a product we're doing for a customer in California. And I can't, of course, because everybody makes a sign NDAs. I can't say what it was, but let's just say it's a, it's a test rig that heats up some parts really, really hot. Uh Um, And uh, our design engineers who are great at designing machinery uh, have, have adopted discovery live into their process and they did all their initial sizing. Do I need a fan here to, cause we don't, there's parts we want to keep cool and there's parts we want to, you know, get hot. Do I put it to shield here? Um, these are all questions they could answer in that early stage. It worked exactly as advertised, right? Mm-hmm. But then they wanted to go to that next step. Yes. And 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 a couple of them have taken the time to learn Ansys Mechanical, which is which is so much easier than the tools used to be. But it's still a different interface, a different tool. They kind of have to change gears. So there's I, I call it the energy of activation, right? They've got to the problem has to be di- difficult enough for them to to say, all right. I'm going to go into mechanical yes. <laughs> and, yes. and, and now I'm going to focus on mechanical and, and it, and it really drove the design and it answered a bunch of questions and we solved the problem. We got what we, we figured out how to uh, put in a radiation shield to keep the heat where we needed it. Perfect. But the ability now to say, Oh, you can stay in that same environment. 
Yeah, that's going to be a game changer for them because that energy of activation now is minimal. It is. There's also that like mental uh, yeah. cost to yeah. maintaining your yeah. knowledge of two interfaces, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I think yeah. part of what kills that activation is you mm-hmm. think, ah, I don't remember how to do that. I don't want to start. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because you don't do. Because one of the issues with design engineers, and and there's few, there's fewer and fewer design engineers these days. We tend to call them product engineers, right? Yes. Because they don't just sit in CAD. They also go out and do testing. They also go out and do. I procurement. strongly agree. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so even more so, they need a tool that's not a the. Uh, oh God, I got to learn this again. And uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, that that's so cool. So so what physics are in there, uh, and at what levels? Yeah. So. Uh, when thinking about that product engineer, I love what you're using, right? Our, our sort of tagline is simulation for every engineer, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and we really want to say engineer because that's something else we learned from Discovery Live, right? You know, yeah. the, the need for broad access of physics, you know, both instant and high fidelity, that's actually a need that a wide range of users have, right? It's not just design engineers, not just early, early concept design. Um we offer in this app, you know, we believe that understanding and getting more out of physics, something that ANSYS is really capable of offering, is, you know, multi-physics and multiple physics within a single tool, right? right? You see a lot, especially when we talk to our customers, they often complain to me, right? I have four different tools for doing different types of physics right. across my organization. <laughs> it's a pain to support. It's a pain mm-hmm. for my users to learn. And when you look at the products that are designed you know, sometimes there's one physics that's the most important, but the others often still matter, right? And you really want a complete picture of your design. So long answer to your question, you know, we can simulate both structural behaviors, you know, natural frequency, as well as fluids, like I mentioned, fluent earlier inside this application, and thermal behaviors. Um, Something else that I almost classify as a type of physics, but maybe we can touch on this a little bit later, is, you know, topology optimization, right? And and a lot of other, you know, cool stuff that we'll be doing Mm -hmm. down the road. I yeah, we need to come back to that because I am I am I mean I have a, a definite uh, I don't know what you want to call it almost a crush on <laughs> topological optimization. Call it an evangelist. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's it's having having done topological optimization for thirty years now. Um, this is what we envisioned when we started doing it by setting up our own macros to, to kill elements, right? <laughs> so um, the. Um, so, so the the key thing though is um, we've got the GPU. So within the physics, we've got the GPU based solvers, which are very fast, right? All, all, instantaneous or almost instantaneous. And then also now, what I'm hearing is access to to send it off to solve on other uh, platform, other solvers too. Other solvers, but in the same environment, yeah. right? right? So to a user. And, and if I can, you know, let's talk about user experience. Um, that doesn't translate very well on a podcast because you right. can't see it. <laughs> exactly. So promise me you, or I promise you, you want to see, right, this yes. new app. The moment you see it, you will see why it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are doing a bunch of stuff to support these great technologies, right, from an exposure perspective to make simulation easier to use. Um, we've redesigned the UI. We are making um, a lot of innovation in this area. We have heads-up type displays so that the access to assigned boundary conditions at your fingertips so you feel like you're literally labeling a model, right? As you're doing it, there, there are no menus. You're not going to find, you know, um, uh, radio buttons or dialogues, right? right? And we've even redesigned those. Um, but the other thing that's actually most important is workflow. When I talk to customers, you know, what, what delights them the most from a user interface is how fast it gets their job done. That's, that's the yes. number one goal. Yeah, yes, we design for fun and all this other stuff, but mm-hmm. how fast I get my job is the most important thing. So. Um, 
we you know, are looking at ways to accelerate that. We've completely redesigned and created a way to review and set up contact that we think is innovative and never been done before. And we're leveraging some of the access um, that we have to geometry inside here, right? So we can query geometry in a way right. that some of our simulation tools haven't been able to before. We're using our latest, greatest technology in terms of rendering to provide a lot of guidance and feedback. Feedback is something that's really important to me from a user you know, interface perspective. Mm-hmm. People want to know what's going on. Why is it going on? When something they don't expect happens, they want to be able to interrogate it. So often we throw things like, you know, error 1241. You're like, (laughs) what's that? And then worst of all, it's worse than that, right? You look it up and it's like, error in memory and you're like, exactly okay, cool. exactly yeah. <laughs> so you know what i'm saying right so we, we yeah. just we have to be better right we're trying to raise the bar you know we, we have to do that but you know uh, another piece of the whole workflow and interface is is automation so mm-hmm. especially as we brought in our flagship solvers here this was a new problem we had to tackle different from discovery live mm-hmm. which is we have, we have a lot of expertise in terms of how best to provide inputs to these amazing engines right that calculate mm-hmm. things we work to encapsulate a lot of that expertise in the app itself so that right. the app is very much like having, you know, a PADT expert, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. engineer, you know, pre-sales right. application engineer supporting you, but it's captured. That's what we want mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see some of that in terms of like uh, automated uh, meshing, right? Meshing right. is a key step. So, so we have physics-aware meshing. You define different types of physics, right? The mesh is going to automatically adapt. Things that, you know, somebody knowledgeable of setting up simulation would naturally really do, but here the app's doing it for you, right? Right. That's the type of thing we're doing. The the last thing that I think is actually the coolest thing to think about is we have a whole other workflow challenge when we put these two different solver technologies in the same place. And it's not a challenge, it's actually an opportunity. And this is what I'm really excited about. Um, it, it, we, we've made it seamless. And if you see the app, I hope that people will see that, right? You define mm-hmm. materials once, boundary conditions once, it's all one data model. That's right. awesome. You just solve right. it in either place. But the cooler part is how do I use these two things together to my benefit? Right, that's that's never been done before. No one's you know faced that and said it's not just a do instant or do high fidelity. You understand what I'm trying to get at? It's how do I do both? And examples might be, well, let's say we have this high speed GPU based topology optimization. That's cool. A key input to topology optimization is the right loads, right? Right. Action forces. Well, what tool do we have in this discovery app that's really good at solving assemblies, right, and providing high quality Mm -hmm. inputs? Mm. So those flagship solvers that we've exposed. So that's just one tiny example, right? But where you can use these things together to do workflows and processes you've never been able to do before. Mm-hmm. But that really opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure this will be yet another example of where once users get their head around it, they're going to use it in exciting ways that we never thought, you know. So. I'm glad you said the last part because I was going to yeah. add it if you didn't in ways that we didn't <laughs> thought. I am yeah. sure that will happen, right? Give them the I'm tools excited. and they'll do it. Yeah. Always, always. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about topological optimization, a little, little background for those that I think everybody knows, but just in case, it's, you know, it's the idea of taking uh, a piece of material uh, putting loads on it and letting the um, whatever it is, stress state, vibration, thermal uh, characteristics drive the topology of that uh, part to an optimal design. So we're not setting up parameters and optimizing on those parameters. We're saying freeform, sculpt, move, whatever the different algorithms are to come up with an ideal shape. And one of the problems with that in the past has been uh, it can take a lot of runs. <laughs> and if each run takes you know 20, 30 minutes, even on a fast machine, um, we t- 
tend to not get to some of those optimal shapes, or we don't use some of the algorithms. Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of genetic algorithms for topological optimization. Um, so why don't you talk about how using the GPU-based solvers can can help in that situation? I would love to. So this is something I'm really passionate about. It's something that we pushed very early from the Discovery Live Instant Physics, and that's because we thought it was a perfect fit, right? Yeah. For all the reasons you just said, <laughs> topology optimization. You know, people see and and they they think, man, that's cool. The simulation is giving me ideas, right? Mm. But when it takes hours to get one idea, right, you're you're missing out on as much value, and so you really have to put the effort in to get something out. Um, we said, look, we have the world's fastest, you know, physics simulation solver. Mm. Um, when you do topology optimization, it often involves single domain, right? So you're right. not dealing with complex behaviors. We can do all that, right? So this is a perfect fit. So we, we were pushed to do optimization on the GPU as well. So we made it a full GPU stack. It's all in. Um, and the result is that you can now actually use this technology. It's a fancy term, right? Topology optimization. That doesn't right. mean anything to an engineer, right? <laughs> Running down the street. But but what it means is that simulation is now like a collaborator in your design process, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's like if you've used the current versions of Office and you got those, you know, suggested slide layouts. Mm-hmm, right. And you're like, man, those four look terrible. But that one, that one's interesting. I didn't think of that one, mm-hmm. right? And that's only possible when we can, you know, provide this, you know, shape guidance really, really fast, right? And that's what I think we can uniquely do. But in delivering this, you know, we've also spent a lot of time on workflow and quality. Um, So, you know, how to set these up, how to understand and apply things like manufacturing constraints. You know, constraining your problem helps you get better solutions out of this thing that's aiding you, right? The more Mm -hmm. inputs you give it, the more you get out. Um, the other thing is, is geometry has always been a real bottleneck for topology optimization. That's right. one thing you didn't talk about, right? You, you get this. this we just didn't picture. talk about what it. What do yeah. you do with it, right? Fixed <laughs> <laughs> uh, in post processing, right? <laughs> exactly. And so sometimes that becomes a reason that people shy away from it. And so we're yes. trying to address all those, right, to really change this and make this technology that we think adds tremendous benefit. True generative design, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and and I think we kind of saw the same evolution with topological optimization that we saw with some of these designer-oriented tools. Is you know we would go head to head in benchmarks against some of our competitors that had quote unquote designer tools for topological optimization, and often the customer would pick it because it was simpler, it was easier. You know, you were wading through uh, sometimes APDL scripts and things like that and mechanical to get what you really wanted on the ANSYS side. Um, and but the core technology on those other tools was pretty weak. Yes. So yes, it was easy to use and it gave you an answer quickly, but it wasn't useful. <laughs> um, and what we're seeing is customers coming back and looking at topological optimization going, and answers going, okay, well you fixed the usability issue. And I think um, I think with the new version of, of Discovery at, at R two is going to twenty twenty R two is going to take that another step. But even where we are today, um, we fixed all of those usability issues and workflow issues to where I can get a complicated result um, without, you know, having to be a PhD in topological optimization. I I can agree. And it's things here we talk, you know, with terms and I wish we could show it, right? But for Mm -hmm. me, as a mechanical engineer, right, it's something that when you see it, you're like, that's amazing. You know, one one thing sometimes I tell people is, you know, when I graduated and and I studied bachelor and master's degree in mechanical engineering from from Stanford, but when Mm -hmm. I graduated, I would tell people- Which I've never forgiven you you, for. Yes. Horrible school. (laughs) 
uh, both in the pack 10, 12? Is that, is that the reason? Uh, Cal. Uh, oh, okay. The, um, I, I would tell people, man, you really shouldn't hire me to design anything, right? I studied a lot of math. I studied some physics. But, dude, I don't know how to design a wrench, honestly. Right. You know? And, and really, I think that speaks to real-world experience. It's yes. invaluable. You learn so much, right? And I knew coming out, I was like, man, I don't know how to design squat. But the cool part is if you had showed me, you know, topology jobs that I came out of school, I'd been like, that's what I need. This provides, right, some of the inspiration and yes. ideas of things to try. I can go refine, right? But it mm. takes experience technology. Exactly. It, it gives you that inspiration. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. And, and uh, I really encourage everybody to see all aspects of what's in this tool set. But um, I think the thing that if you haven't seen it before is, is the almost, uh, you know, you, you, I, I, it's almost like watching the, the material melt away in front of you. Um, and it, and it is inspirational. You can see where it's headed and you go, ah, I get it. Yeah. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is GPUs. So really two questions there. The, the first is we've talked a little bit about it, but, how have GPUs changed and will they change simulation in the future? And then um, with this new release, are there any changes to what's required from a GPU standpoint from the actual hardware that we need? Yeah, great questions. I'll answer the second one first mm-hmm. since it's, it's much simpler. Asking much simpler, about yes. The future of computing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, but the the hardware requirements to do everything that the discovery can do is not changed. They pretty much match up with discovery live. You you need an NVIDIA GPU. However, we're actually relaxing them because the fact that we have access to both these technologies, our flagship solvers, which can run on CPU, right? If you don't have a suitable GPU, discovery is still a great tool for you, right? You you can now run, you you just don't get the accelerated instant exploration now. Go look so I don't. Right. I don't have to go buy new GPUs for my That's, design engineers. That is right, right. Good. But if you do down the load, suddenly your software might become even better. Right? Yeah, even better. Good. Yeah, which is uh, their argument. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the and I can't really comment at the moment about you know future opportunities you might have right. right to take advantage of all the ways in which you can yes. compute. Um, the GPU is the coolest thing, and why they're attractive, and why they've actually come recently is it's all about the cost of computing. Right. Right, and and the thing that a GPU offers, we could talk technicals, different blah blah blah. It's just that it offers cheaper compute, right, yeah. per dollar. That's that's what it does, you know. Uh, and it's because of different trade-offs in technology and all those things. And and it also because it's structured very differently. We had Moore's law, and CPUs are growing, right? We're trying to keep up, but but frankly, it's slowing down. Well, if you look at the current rate in compute power of of a standard GPU architecture, it's actually growing quite quickly. Yes. And, and, you know, 10 years ago, that was like, man, who cares? You know, that's mm-hmm. so far below, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But now we've caught up and surpassed. So on my laptop, right, I have a GPU that gives you 20 teraflops of single precision compute. Oh. That is way, way, yeah, <laughs> to, to use, maybe been in simulation a little longer yes. than I have. Um, yes. Right? That number yeah. seems, so can you imagine years and yeah. years ago, right, no. having that much no. It's, it's nuts. That's on a laptop. So it's mobile. We're not talking cloud, right? You now have what would be considered high-performance computing on your engineer's desktop. 
And that is a game changer, right? And that's what we're trying to take advantage of. Again, I, I, I think compute always grows and competition is really healthy. You see, you know, the CPU companies looking at, like Intel, looking at how they can do hybrid architectures. Intel is actually about to release discrete GPUs. I know if you saw that, right? So everybody's yeah. all for this. But fundamentally for GPU, the benefits are just that it's a massively parallel architecture, right? That allows you to do stuff differently. Really cool. Yeah, in fact, we just spec'd a new designer box, uh, design engineer box. Um, and I sent it back to my IT guy going, you forgot to put the GPU in here. <laughs> He's like, no, it's in there. It's $850. I'm like, what? Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. NVIDIA's about gigabyte. to release their next yeah. generation. Every generation yeah. gets 30 or 40% yeah. faster and they come every, you know, two years. Think about that, right? Your compute gets frozen for every two years. Extend that out another 10 years. Like, that's insane, right? Where well, you and I are blown away by 20 teraflops now. What's going to happen when, you know, I don't know what comes after Terra in that case, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Exaflop? It's, it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. It's insane. Well, I'm excited to be part of it. Um, let's talk about the launch event. So coming up, what is it? July? I forget. 29th what it is our launch. 20, 29th is a, is a launch. And, um, there is a chance for everybody to see what's going on, right? Um, yes. And we're doing something, um, pretty new to answer. So uh, let, let me tell you about it. Thank yes, you for that wonderful do. introduction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Please come check out our launch event, as I've hopefully got you excited about today. Like We're launching an entirely new version of Discovery. It's really exciting. Um, the purpose of our launch event is to tell you and show you about that, how it works. We'll obviously include a, a fairly lengthy demo, which is great. But the more interesting things we're doing is we're also including three customer testimonials. So you want to, we've actually, as part of launching, I think, great software, you want to engage customers before you do it to get their mm -hmm. feedback. So mm -hmm. some of them will be talking about that. And the third thing we'll be doing, which is very new, is we're going to try to do more of an interactive webinar. So we standard webinar is you get up there, you present, you record it. Great. Thank you for attending. We communicate yes. some information. Please send me an email. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. But um, for sort of the second half of our session, we're going to separate it out into breakout sessions. Right, okay. so that you can interact more with us as ANSYS staff, right? Ask questions, view the software live, right? And we're structuring them into different types of tracks. Are you more interested in fluid structures, topology optimization? One of them will involve taking one of those customer use cases that was talked uh -huh. about earlier and going to deeper dive. Um, so the thing is, it's an hour, right, for the event, mm -hmm. but because of all the breakout sessions, we really got like three hours of content, right, that you can check out, which is super cool. Very, very cool. Yes. And you can register for that. And we and we ask, I'm going to make a special ask here because we've we've given told people to go to register on the ANSYS website in the past and we don't get credit for it. So they're like, nobody's signing up for this from PADT. Go to PADT's <laughs> website. Works for me. So if you're listening to this and you want us to get good karma with the ANSYS gods, um, go, go to PADTinc.com slash discovery R2. And click on that. Get, get, use that link, and that'll take you there. And we get we get we get our our, uh, our gold stars for sending you. So I appreciate that if people can do that. So it's pdtinkcom slash discovery r two, um, and we would appreciate that. Or if you don't want to deal with that, just go to go to the Ansys website or Google Ansys Discovery Launch, and I think you will find it. Um, anything else you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up? We could talk about this for a very long time, and I think we have late we have, in the evening at a few bars in the past. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, it's something I love. Maybe you can tell a little bit, and I love talking to you about it because you're really passionate too. You know, the the only thing that I I would leave out there is this is only the beginning, right? This is the first version of software for those who've been in software industry for a long time, and you you've seen right how things evolve. So so much. And, and and that is not only I know, of course, the next thing we're working on, the next thing, right? But that is actually in. Uh, uh, an evolution that involves our customers so very much, right? What you tell us from our first release can have significant impact on where we go. And and that's part of what makes it fun to do what we do. Yeah, I think, I really think that Discovery Live was a groundbreaking tool. And I think this is going to be a groundbreaking uh, uh, change. Uh, next generation. Next generation. generation. Yeah, yeah, next generation yeah, to, to, to the tool. And, and uh, it's already changed the way that we do uh, product development at PADT and some of our customers as well. And I can't wait to see how we our, our guys are going to take it to the next step. So I'm so excited about it. It's great stuff. Love new stuff. Love love being able to do better, faster, cheaper. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Good idea. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate your time. And hopefully we'll see you in person soon. Thanks. I look forward to it. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So um, I, I'm really excited about it. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they have to show at the event to launch it. Um, do go to www.padtinc.com slash discovery R2. That's all one word, discovery, the letter R, and then the numeral two. That'll take you to the ANSYS registration website. You can get there from the ANSYS website directly, but if you go through our link, then we get brownie points and who doesn't like brownie points? So um, I think even if you're a full-time hardcore simulation person, you need to know what Discovery does, not only so you can do some quick and dirty upfront simulation, but also to help the rest of your company move more simulation to more people. It really is a powerful tool. Um, so do take a look at it. And now it's time for a word from our sponsor, which is PADT. And instead of reading the standard commercial, I wanna actually talk to you about our ANSYS customization services. We've had a, a, a recent uh, set of projects in that area that have finished up, and it really came to mind that I should probably talk a little bit more about it. Um, if you have a feature that is missing, you know, something you want to add to the code, a process that you want automated, maybe an in-house or third-party third-party solver you need to integrate in with an ANSYS tool or use ANSYS as a pre and post-processor, or maybe you need a vertical application for other people in your company. I really strongly feel that PDT is your best solution to get that tool that works, that is robust, and that really delivers on the investment you're going to make in having that tool created. We've done everything from very simple ACT modules that just kind of sit on top of Workbench and do some very basic things, maybe add some post-processing, to completely standalone C++ tools with their own internal solvers that, uh, a great example of one that combines test data and simulation results so that they can, they can tweak their simulation models based upon empirical data they get. Very complicated, very sophisticated, but we do everything in between as well. We've even created websites where people can run, your customers can run ANSYS in the background, putting in some basic parameters. I challenge you to find someone else who knows ANSYS as intimately as we do, knows how to write good and robust real software, and understands the engineering, this is really important, the engineering driving your need for simulation. So we're not just turning a crank here, we know what the tool is gonna to be used for. So if you have any type of customization needs, shoot us an email. 
Um, the best way to get hold of us is info at PADTINC.com. That goes straight to my inbox as well as a couple other folks, and uh, those never get lost. So info at PADTINC.com, and we'd love to talk to you about your customization needs, whatever kind of software you need to be more efficient with ANSYS. All right, commercial over. Let's talk about how well the ANSYS stock is doing. So it, they finally broke. We've been talking on the podcast for some time about how they've been playing with $300 a share, and they broke through it this week. On Monday, they closed at 301, and they peaked at 307 on Thursday, July 9th. It's an amazing milestone, um, especially if you consider the fact that they reached that all-time high in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. On Thursday, June 9th, um, they closed at 304. Uh, that's yesterday. I'm recording this on Friday uh, per share. And that is a 19.58% growth since January 1st. Compare it to some other things. The S&P 500, which is a great benchmark, is only up to 10.75 only in the middle of a pandemic. 10.75% year to date versus the 19.58 for ANSYS. Uh, some, some similar companies. PTC was up 12.7%. Dassault is up 6%, and Altair is also up around about 5.6%. The one that's that's really outperformed ANSYS is Autodesk. Now, Autodesk has always been kind of a one that uh, investors and, and Wall Street pay a little bit more attention to than, than ANSYS and maybe other companies in the sector. And they do a lot more besides simulation, of course, as you know. But anyway, they're up, making excuses, but they're up 34.2%, um, and they're, they're the only ones that are outperforming ANSYS that I'm aware of. So great job. Um, it, it shows that uh, Ancestors investments have paid off, that the team is making customers happy. And at a time where people really are making tough decisions on where to spend their money, they're still spending it with Ancestors. So that's good news. And speaking of news, let's take a look at what's going on in the world of Ancestors news. In the heart of Silicon Valley, with all those startups and mega companies that are out there, we are really pleased to see that the ANSYS office in um, the South Bay there was recognized as one of the best places to work in the Bay Area. And so you can imagine with all the ping pong tables and beanbag chairs and uh, custom shell, uh, chefs and things, um, to be recognized in that environment as a great place to work when they don't really do any of those things. They just create a great environment to work and great people and great culture. Um, is really uh, fantastic, and, and kudos to the staff there for making that happen. Um, it's that's that's a great accomplishment. Um, in, in other news, the only other piece of news I've got about Ansys is um, you know they've been partnering recently with different uh, racing teams. Well, the new one that they partnered with is something called Air Race E, and that's a group that's setting up a series of electric-powered aircraft races. So that looks really cool. Uh, they're going to be using ANSYS to help optimize um, the aircraft and get better performance out of them. So look for, for more information on that as time goes by and they start racing those planes. Um, the, the article, there's an article, um, a press release about it if you're interested. It's pretty cool. We don't have any news to report from PADT. Everything's going great. Um, I usually pick three articles uh, to in the ANSYS blog, and uh, it's always kind of difficult, but these are the three that I, that I thought were worth uh, recommending people go out and click on. So this is the, the ANSYS website on their blog. The first one um, is an update for, to an article they wrote in 2017. If you remember back then, they acquired a company called Sherlock. Uh, 
um, which is a PCB mechanical modeling tool for vibe and stress and thermal and things like that. Uh, reliability is what they call it. So um, they've updated the article called How to Overcome PCB Modeling Challenges because the code's really come a long way since then. So it's really about how to get that complicated multi-layer board with all the traces and all the components into a model that can give you useful results. So anybody that works with PCBs should doing mechanical simulation or reliability should take a look at the product and uh, reading this article is a great way to get started. The second one is also about an acquisition. Uh, I forget how long ago it was. It was before, I think right before COVID or right at the beginning of COVID, they buy, bought a company called Lumerical and they model semiconductor photonics. So these are basically semiconductor lasers and other light sources. Um, and so they've got a really cool article about one form of lasers called semiconductor edge emitting lasers. So the article is called simulating semiconductor edge emitting lasers. Um, so if you're kind of interested in what that tool does, I think it's a really good article that kind of shows it because you may have a device um, that's maybe producing heat or that you're using for some source, uh, something that you may want to know how to simulate. So it's always good to know these things. And last but not least, Justin, who we just heard from in our interview, um, he also wrote a great article uh, called Five Reasons to Get Ed Excited for the All-New ANSYS Discovery. So I recommend you take a look at that. If you got excited about what he was talking about, check out the article. It'll prep you for the presentation that's coming up at the end of the month. In our blog at PADT, we don't really have anything new um, that's in the ANSYS world, but what we did, um, you know, we try to do kind of fun things once a month, um, and we've and usually it involves food, <laughs> so like pie day or chocolate day or something like that. Um, with the uh, pandemic, since most people are home, we've been doing things that we can do online. So last month in June, it, um, one of the days of the month, I forget which one it was, was National Nature Photography Day. So we did a contest. We had people go out and uh, find the pictures they've taken in the past or take some new pictures and submit them to a contest. We all voted and we picked some winners. So our blog article uh, for, for last month was a summary of the winners. And there's some pretty cool images in there. I have to say, my little cell phone taken pictures didn't get a lot of votes. <laughs> there, there's some beautiful photography. We have some talented folks. And some of them are people, if you're an ANSYS customer of ours, you may know. So Joe Woodward, Ted Harris, and Alec all had um, entries that won. So I recommend you check out, uh, uh, I think Ahmed as well, who some of you may have worked with. So the tech support team, uh, which is no surprise, they're smart guys and they like gadgets, um, took some beautiful pictures. So check that out. Um, it's, a, it's a nice little diversion. Webinars coming up. We've got uh, two uh, in the rest of this month. The first one is Mechanical Updates and ANSYS 2020 R2, and that's going to be in the middle of the month on the 15th, which is tax day this year, if you forgot. Uh, 11 to 12 Pacific and Arizona time. So, and you can, of course, always register and watch them recorded. And then we've got a um, one that's on 3D printing, but you may still be interested in it. Uh, Stratasys is able to print very realistic parts, body parts, <laughs> not just part parts, but body parts. So the anatomy, human anatomy, um, using uh, their polyjet 3D printers and some new materials they developed. It's really interesting. If you're at all in the medical field, I highly recommend you attend that one on the 22nd. And that's also from 11 to 12 Pacific and Mountain. As always, you can go to the PADT website and go to the events page, and uh, you can see a list of all of our events, which are all online right now. That's pretty much it 
uh, to discuss as far as events go. You know about the ANSYS discovery coming up. Um, we will be doing um, both podcasts and webinars on stuff that's new at uh, 2020 R2 across the product line, uh, starting with mechanical and working our way through all the other physics. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Don't forget to subscribe um, to our newsletter, to our podcast as well, but also to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. Please spread the word about the podcast. Let people know about it. And do not hesitate to reach out.